What's the importance of a brand? How is that related to your vision? And how do you market it? That's this week on the Fuse Chamber Podcast. You're listening to the Fuse Chamber Podcast, where you get the elite mindsets and skills to ignite your voice and build your audience. I'm your host, Chris Williams, and I want to help you live the life you really want. The most effective way to build loyalty with your audience and the easiest way to build an audience is through authentic communication about your vision. Well, how does that translate into a brand? And how do you market that brand? Well, first, let's remember why we're here. To create the next generation of leaders in arts, business, and community. To create an elite tribe of powerful, successful professionals who redefine how artists and entrepreneurs can do what they really want to do with their lives, full of passion and without compromise. I'll show you who you have to become in order to win, and I'll be here to inspire you each and every week so that you stay inspired and stay driven. And this investment of 15 minutes a week will create habits that forever change your life and career. Guys, I was very fortunate last Wednesday to host a seminar on branding, leading, and succeeding. It's really inspiring to me to meet such fantastic people who not only have tremendous ambition, wonderful talent, and just overall, great personality. So I have to say thank you. And I promised that I would take the best idea or story from the presentation and make it into the next podcast. So here it is. Anytime I do a seminar on branding, people always assume I'll talk mostly about social media, tactics, techniques. But in the end, we ended up spending a good chunk of our time on the really personal topic of why are you here and who do you serve? If you've been listening for a while, you know this. I I consider branding to be totally separate from marketing or social media. Social media is a how. How do you market? Branding, on the other hand, is how you encapsulate your promise to the world, your value to the world, and communicate it in a way that people understand what they're getting when they interact with you. The brand comes way before marketing because the brand is your value. It's your offering. It's your distinction in the marketplace. And if you don't have a vision and purpose, which is a huge part of your brand, you can barely focus on making a product, much less a marketing campaign. So to me, branding and marketing are closely related. And I don't think you should market unless you have a brand and a brand depends on and is made from your vision and purpose. And I don't think a brand is much use if you don't market it, by the way. So we're going to try to relate the two. And this is what we spent most of our time talking about in the seminar. And I think this is a valuable reminder and a valuable conversation to keep having to drive people towards authenticity in their branding and marketing um, endeavors. Now, conceiving a brand is pretty easy. Depending on where you are in terms of your own self-awareness, the evolution of your business or art, I always encourage people to think hard about their vision as the intersection of what you're good at with the things you want to create in this world with the problems that you want to solve. So those three things together tend to intersect to show you what your vision and purpose are. Now, the next level of branding is to consider yourself 
as being of service, no matter what it is you do. So whatever your vision happens to be, you got to think about who does that serve and why? Why do you want to serve them? How does it serve them? So if you're a musician, you still serve. Well, who do you serve? Well, if you're struggling to make a leap on this one, we could say that, you know, you might just serve music fans in general. But if you want to get more specific, and you should try to be as specific as you can, maybe you serve country music fans who are struggling with their love life and just need a little bit of inspiration and feel like someone's whispering in their ear just to them. Or you might make music that caters to really spiritual people or whatever. And don't forget, you can be a musician or a poet or an artist, and it's not just that you're serving the consumers, the people who consume your art directly because they're fans, but your, your art could be service to the world at large. You can picture your art as being of service in that it enlightens, entertains, alleviates, transforms, or frees people, or it communicates. If you've done these two kinds of analysis, now you should know a little bit about what your offering is to the world and who can benefit from it. More importantly, why do you want to benefit these people? Why do you want to help them? Why do you want to make the world a better place? Why do you want to help country music fans? I believe you should think about this stuff contemplated before you start trying to compose a unifying brand statement and then marketing yourself, because the answers to these questions will help you focus on your unique value in the marketplace. Now, heads up, anybody who tells you that creating a brand is ultra complicated, is either trying to justify their branding services they can charge you for, or they're trying to keep other runners out of the race by saying that the race is no fun and you don't want to be here. Nonsense. You can do this. You can make your own brand. If you're honest about your intent, your purpose, and what value you can offer that serves and meets a need in the marketplace at the same time, you absolutely can create a brand by yourself. And remember, guys, The best solutions are simple. Keep it simple. Keep it elemental. Now, the great news is the tools for marketing your brand, once you've come up with your brand, the tools for marketing it are pretty much free. And it's actually, this is kind of the easy part. You can imitate what famous or your favorite or similar brands do, and you can get some simple free tips all over from brand experts on the internet. And that'll take you a ridiculously long way before you have to go and pay a professional to do this for you. So you can market both in the digital and analog space with a short list of the tools and techniques I'm about to provide for you. So I'm going to run down the list of once you have your brand, how do you communicate it out using various platforms and ideas? Well, let's start with Facebook. Facebook, if you have a personal account, that's okay. But getting a business page on Facebook is better. The problem is with anything on Facebook is that if people don't follow you, they will probably never find you or hear you, right? Think about why people go to Facebook. They go for the familiar, friends they used to know in high school, staying in touch with people's lives, the developments in their lives, but it's based on things you know and things you trust. So people follow brands that they know, that they want, that they like. So you're going to have to figure out how to draw likes. How do you get people to know about you and trust you and want to follow your business page? Which takes you right back to having other people find you by searching in Google, by linking from somewhere else, by other people recommending. One thing you can do that will help is to learn how to use Facebook ads. But in general, drawing people to your Facebook page in this day and age 
is really more about getting them there or linking to it from your website or when you're having one-to-one conversations or on your business card, they'll find you somewhere else. You will encourage them to join your Facebook page so once they know you and trust you, they keep up to date with your developments and happenings. The same way you use it to stay in touch with your cousin or your friend who now lives in Nova Scotia. Now, Twitter is different. On Twitter, anyone can find you. But of course, the difficulty is everyone is broadcasting with every single message that they send, right? So on Facebook, the things you say are generally speaking restricted to your friend group. On Twitter, when you say something, you're pretty much saying it to everybody. Yes, people have to follow you, but everything you say is out there in a public stream. And there's so many messages out there that anything older than one to two days is valuable as a historical curiosity at best. So here's the thing for Twitter. Don't stress out about writing things that are of monumental wisdom. Focus on quantity and quality. Speak often. Better still, listen and contribute to conversations. It's as much about reacting to what the community is talking about rather than simply barking your insights into the wind. So there's a trending news feature in uh, Twitter where you can go and just see what happens to be the top 10 most commonly hashtagged or commonly discussed um, uh, issues or topics, and you can join the conversation. Just throw in your two cents. Learn to use hashtags and organic conversations with your real followers, which you're going to have to build slowly over time. Now, take note. If someone who follows you also follows 35,000 other people, they're never going to pay attention to anything you have to say. They've just got too much noise. So in a way, I think it's You're looking for the intersection of someone who can influence on Twitter and someone who is a true fan as well, because someone who's an influencer that doesn't know you're alive is not going to be of much service to you. With that said, Twitter is not about being of service to you. It's about you being of service to the community. And then the good stuff that happens from that just happens naturally. Don't try to draw attention to yourself. Online is in real life. People can smell a self-serving blowhard from a mile out. So just have casual conversations and try to add value to those conversations and the audience will build organically. Then number three, Instagram. Well, Instagram is image and video rich and therefore it's extremely engaging to younger audiences, especially being tech savvy as they are. I can almost assure you that you've never picked up your phone while driving to check a tweet, but you most definitely have opened up your phone while driving to look at some pictures on Instagram, right? Everyone's done it. You're not supposed to, but everyone's done it. Now, Instagram stories and Instagram live are starting to take flight. So pay attention and learn how to use those things in conjunction with your traditional posts, traditional image posts, and learn how to use hashtags on Instagram as well in order to find your audience. Number four, don't forget LinkedIn, guys. Think about it. LinkedIn is the only platform where people are actively searching to harvest information and make connections that they think will be valuable to them. They are literally hunting for people. So put your brand promise out there and start making connections. First with the people you already know, and eventually that will lead to your name showing up in a growing number of search results, even from people who don't know you. So make sure that your tagline is really, really eye-catching. So if you say you're an aspiring food blogger, that's there's a million of those. But if you say building body confidence around the world, That's way more compelling, and it's going to force people to take notice when your face does show up in the search results. Number five, what about blogging, vlogging, and podcasting? Well, these are highly influential media. 
So if you think of yourself as more of a tastemaker, an opinion maker, or an influencer, then it's admittedly a crowded space, but it's free or next to free to produce and distribute. There are tons of voices in the space, that's true, but you know what? Most of them quit within the first few months because in order to be successful, all you have to do is create valuable content consistently, like daily or weekly, and then grow your audience one person at a time. Most people can't even stick with doing the first thing for very long, right? Most people don't have the creative habit. Most people don't have anything terribly valuable to say, and they try to be entertaining, and sometimes that works. But ultimately, unless you're looking to be a YouTube celebrity, you're using YouTube to promote your brand, to promote your product, your art, your service. So figure out your niche so that you stand out among all the competitors and be prepared to chop away for one to two years until you see a significant following growth. If you make a blog tomorrow, create one post, hit publish, go live, and then nobody follows you, don't be surprised. That's pretty normal. Now, it's common practice that authors, celebrities, and businesses will actually use podcasts and blogs as cost-effective ways to organically build growth. So, if you have followers, people like that are going to be interested in you. So stay the course, because once you have a significant following, all of a sudden the right people will become interested in you. Your content has to be entertaining, valuable, or preferably both. So my only recommendation in this space is work very, very hard to tune your posts, to tune your content so that they're the best they can possibly be. And with that said, please, when I say find a niche, I mean have your own voice. If you copy somebody else, you're hardly visionary. This is so, so important. At first, you'll feel like you're doing it wrong because nobody follows you. Nobody's paying attention. But stick with it. Trust me on this one. Number six, could you do traditional media buys like TV, print, radio? Well, it's true that some prices are coming down, but I mean, who's watching, who's listening, and who's reading? When was the last time you went to, let's say, the Yellow Pages or read the ads in the newspaper? Uh, I mean, these are big investments, so I would really stay away from these things at first, if not for all time. I really don't feel that print advertising or television advertising is in any way necessary for 99% of the brands out there. Now, here's an idea. Number seven, I just did this, speaking engagements. Speaking engagements, including things like panel discussions, are something that you never know who's going to be looking for experts. So if you are one in a certain field, make sure you put your hand up and try to find ways that you can join some of these discussions. And a great place to start is local community centers. Check the local chamber of commerce. Check the local arts councils. Look this stuff up and you'll find that they are constantly doing events to try and get themselves in front of people. So be part of that. Put your name in the get find some contacts and put your name in the ring and say if you ever need someone to join a panel discussion on the harpsichord, I happen to have been a 20-year veteran and I think I could really add some some value. Now, number 8 kind of related to the last one is what if you can't find a, a like a show or a conference to speak on, nobody wants you on their panel, it's just not happening for you or there's nothing going on until summertime. That happens a lot. We'll create your own You can use a tool like meetup.com to create your own community, your own group. In fact, when you first join on meetup.com, it'll tell you people in your area have been dying for a meetup about this. And if it matches one of your interests, you'd be like, oh yeah, I'll run a meetup on that. 
You can invite local members. You can have free um, uh, community events at the local restaurant, local bar, outside somewhere. Or you might even be able to rent a room at your local library or at your local city or town hall where you can make a presentation, discuss your favorite topic, and uh, you know, ask people how you can be of service, engage in the communication. It's kind of like Twitter, but in real time, real live event. Better still, if you're smart, if you run a meetup, film it, photograph it. Give people your Twitter handle and your Instagram handle beforehand so that everything that's going on uh, during the moment of your, of your presentation or conversation becomes social media, becomes free advertising. Now, number nine, honestly, the most important marketing that I want you to focus on is your elevator speech. Because think about it. People will never ask you, point blank, if you have a podcast, if you have a meetup group. And let's be honest, I throw away more than half the business cards I get, and so do you. I can't even remember the last time I saw a flyer for something and then called the number on the flyer to ask about it. But if you bother to have a two-minute conversation, one-to-one, in person, with anyone, they will almost always ask you what after a couple minutes. They'll say, what do you do for a living? What about you? Think about it. Most of what you buy, guys, is based on one of two things. Brand awareness which is bought at a very, very high price by very, very large companies, that, so that, and they're trying to make it so that you can't possibly ignore them. Or word of mouth and one-to-one personal connections. I believe these are your best marketing tools. Here's a secret, and this is why I want you so focused on service. If you have conversations with everyone you meet and you make it about them, for example, hey, I noticed your backpack. It looks like you work maybe at the local hospital. Am I right? I'm fascinated with people who dedicate their lives to helping others be well. So let me ask you a question. Where do you think that industry is going? What do you think would make the single biggest change in healthcare to improve it? Why'd you get into that field? What keeps you there? Why do you still stay there? So you see, if you're asking questions and make it about them, their opinion, their passion, their reasons. They will talk to you all day long. And better yet, they may even express to you a need for something, at which point you can recommend a book or a website or a service or a podcast that you know about that might help them out. I 100% guarantee you guys, at some point in that conversation, if you're focusing on them, they'll ask you, well, what about you? What do you do? And that's when you need to have your elevator speech ready. If you do it right, If you can basically answer the questions I just asked you about your own career, why do you do it? Why do you stay there? What would you do to make it better? If you can put that about your own practice in your own elevator speech, then when you meet new people and deliver that speech to them, you'll have one brand new Twitter follower or one new YouTube subscriber tonight, today, right now. Now listen, whatever you do, it has to be consistent. You can't have seven different brand messages across six different platforms. So your vision and your brand is something you have to work on every single day. I actually recommend and I practice writing it down, not reading it, every morning when you get up. And it might sound stupid, but trust me, if your vision and your brand doesn't excite you 900 days from now, if it doesn't feel real, you will know and you're going to want to change it. So keep experimenting and tweaking it. No one will mind. No one will hate you if you make subtle changes to your message as you learn and grow and adapt. 
But if you're wholly inconsistent, it's not going to showcase that passion, that certainty of purpose that's so attractive to followers and to buyers. So invest heavily in your vision, purpose, and brand. Folks, thanks for listening. You can reach out at FuseChamber.com or find me on Twitter at FuseChamber. Come in for some more insight and coaching next week.